It started from the um, Zero Carbon Britain 2030 project, really, um, because that was uh, aimed at um, policymakers and um, uh, government, really. To um, And what we wanted to do was to take the concepts that were developed through Zero Carbon Britain 2030, which was the power down and the power up concept, that we needed to power down by 50% and then power up using renewables to um, reach this target of Zero Carbon Britain by 2030. Um, so we wanted to take that idea and then make it accessible to a general audience who could then uh, take those concepts and put them into action at home and also in, in the community. But we were really aware that um, it wasn't really enough to do um, stuff just in your own home. It's great to do that, really important to do that. But um, it, we all needed to think about what we could do more at a community level because we can join resources together and, and make a lot more happen at community level um, than we can just thinking about our own homes. And we also wanted to give people a clear idea of where they could um, put the, where their energies were best used. Um, so we also provided a chapter on carbon calculation and the uh, global energy challenges of the 21st century. So people would get a good idea of, of what the challenges were and then where they could best um, reduce their carbon emissions and, and how they could make their spend, if you like, most effective in doing that and where they could put their energies in, uh, which would create, you know, really good, more results than, than other situations. I think one of the things that kind of distinguishes it from, from previous books is how it brings together that things you can do and things you can do as a community. And so part, I mean, part of your research was looking at the, the community renewables um, state of health of that sector in the UK. How would you how would you categorise that? Where do you think we're at uh, in terms of community renewables in this country? Well, we have a very good number of exemplar projects now. We have a lot of um, uh, projects that have existed for a few years that have um, uh, set the game, if you like, um, places um, where they've installed um, a community wind turbine or. Uh, community hydro and and to and more recently community solar um, so we have some very good examples um, where you can see that what communities have actually done uh, and then and some have been um, actually working with uh, bigger developers to own a percentage of a wind farm for example uh, and then some are, are totally owned by the community uh, some are, are raising money through share issues and stuff like that to make things happen uh, and some people are, are, are earning money from these projects and then diverting them into energy saving uh, projects, which is also a really exciting development because we think that it's great to earn money, but if you're then spending that on um, uh, activity that creates more carbon, you're kind of not really getting the benefit from it. Um, but there's also a, um, a shortage of... Um, there, well, there is some very good support actually out there from people like Plan Local, which is part of CSE in Bristol, uh, and also, obviously, from the Transition Town Network. And a lot of people are coming together through Transition Towns to um, to, to work out uh, what their energy interests are. And there, so there's lots of support out there, but there's still... Um, it's very small, the community energy sector in Britain, and it could be a lot bigger. We know that there's a great deal of interest, especially in some places like Bristol, where there's a, a lot of activity happening. Um, several community groups all kind of vying, almost vying with each other to, to start up and get things happening. But there's a lack of um, central government support uh, for such projects at the moment, uh, particularly the feed-in tariff level has um, 
created a lot of uncertainty. Lots of projects that started with the idea that they would get a set income from the feeding tariffs had uh, have kind of had the the um, the rug pulled from beneath them with the with the cuts and feeding tariffs coming halfway through their project. Um, so there's there's been uncertainty, and that's kind of put a halt to some community development. Some people have asked for um, there actually to be a, a community-specific feeding tariff rate, which would be um, set aside and different from the commercial operations, uh, so that people could it would actually, and that makes a lot of sense really because government doesn't want to penalise communities necessarily; they want to stop large-scale projects from from commercial enterprise taking up all the feeding tariffs, and I think people would be very happy to pay. Um, feeding uh, a contribution through their energy bills if they saw that money going back into communities uh, rather than necessarily into individual households or or large scale commercial enterprises. Clearly, the the Zero Carbon Britain report sets out very thorough. A uh, very detailed scenario of uh, the amount of renewable energy that we need to get into place by 2030 in order to be um, a zero carbon Britain. Um, did you get a sense while you were researching this of what percentage of that could potentially be uh, owned by communities? Um, there is a limit. Um, in in a sense, most of the zero carbon Britain energy comes from. A large um, off-scale wind farm projects and other um, centralised grid linking projects. Um, so we're talking about super grids linking countries, um, perhaps even as far down as the Sahara, and um, with their solar resource, and other Mediterranean countries with the the um, uh, wind resource of the of the northern countries. Um, because um, one of the issues with renewables is obviously variability and so to um, to get rid of the variability uh, issues then um, you need a, a big super grid linking up places. Um, I'm not sure what the overall potential would be for, um, I think you had a figure actually when we talked before you had a figure for, for how much that might be, how much communities could um, contribute. Yeah we, I mean we estimated it was about a quarter but... Um, quarter right. Yeah. Um, so we didn't. I don't know if there's anything specific from um, Zero Carbon Britain, or and there's certainly not from the research I did or percentage figure. Um, but there's certainly there's a, an excess of money, if you like, within communities that could be invested in community renewables um, rather than it going out to um, commercial energy companies. Um, so there are some places where. Uh, where that can happen quite freely. I, I, I'd, I'd hesitate to say what the limit was, mm -hmm. but it's it's clear that communities aren't going to be able to do everything on their own, no. And so so what what do you hope people will, will do with this book once they get it in their hands? What's your, I mean, this uh, CAT is always about action and people doing stuff. What uh, What first things do you hope people will do as a result of reading it? Well, I think um, what we wanted to do was create um, a, a culture of people changing uh, their own energy practices at home and then extending that to a community level, actually meeting with friends to talk about how they might be able to uh, take what they've learned from the book and, um, and, and make that happen at, uh, at a bigger scale. Um, so there's plenty of inspiration in there to see how other people have done it. Uh, and then to to meet and and take that forward as groups to set up small groups rather than working on their own 
um, because there's always community of interests um, within areas and uh, it's a question of um, mobilizing people. I mean, there's some very good information at the back of the book uh, about how to set up a community energy project, whether it's energy conservation or energy generation. And we hope people will read that and, and see how the, the, the mechanisms for making that happen. Um, so that, yeah, we want, we don't have like a target of, for people to, to reach, but um, that's the general aim is to, to think about doing it at home first and then uh, think about upscaling that to community level. One of the things that, um, uh, that runs through the book is, is, it's, it's great to see the, the, the kind of the profile that the book gives to, to transition and, uh, and that whole, uh, kind of a, approach and movement and some of the responses moving through that what what struck you as the uh as the the unique uh contribution that that, that transition brings to this why was that something you felt should be reflected uh, in the book well the, the transition groups takes a, a holistic approach um i guess it's not just looking at energy issues but it's looking at lots of different subjects and um it's um giving people who don't normally have access to change, uh, I think an opportunity to, to meet and discuss change without it um, being a negative issue. Uh, I think the thing that the Transition Town movement um, creates is a, a positive atmosphere for people to talk about change and a, a, a culture of um, um, thinking um, how that applies to a local situation and also to... Um, uh, it's it's not just a, a it's not just like one thing. It's not just about energy. It's about food. It's about um, travel. It's about work. Um, it's also about culture as well. Um, so I think that's the unique thing that transition does. Whereas a lot of the other case studies were just looking at um, individual projects, individual energy projects. Um, the transition culture is looking at um, a, a much bigger range of things and how those can all be tied together. Um, so I think that's why it's important for people to, um, yes, by all means, think about just the just an energy project, but then see how they might be able to link that in with other things. Because what we what I've found with reading all the case studies, finding out about all the case studies in this book, is that once people get together to do one thing, uh, if it goes well, if it's a success, if people um, work out a really good way of um, talking to each other and moving forward, then they want to do other things. They want to build on that one project and then go forward because they see that community projects are actually a lot of fun and uh, it's a really good way of meeting neighbours and, and getting to know people and uh, feeling part of something bigger than just yourself. And, and um, I think isolation is actually a really big thing in modern society. So to, to get over that through something like creating an energy project or a food project is, um, is really important for people of all ages. Great. And any last, anything else you would want to say? about it um i'd say that um it's a very practical book uh, i mean the, the the kind of main focus of the book is to is to actually give you the tools as an individual to do this at home or to um get the correct um uh, advisor or uh, engineer or, or person to help you with your project so it, it gives you knowledge at a very practical level um which i think um you know, not many other books do in in this area. Um, so the so that's that's the message really. It's it's the practical element of it.